The Westminster Confession of Faith was first published in 1646. It was the result of the hard work done by a group of men called the Westminster Divines. Their goal was to outline what they believed the Scriptures principally taught. And it has been said that the Church of Christ cannot be creedless and live. Thankfully, the Westminster Confession of Faith has been the creed of the Reformed Church for almost 400 years. This podcast seeks to point you to Christ, to help you navigate the Westminster Confession of Faith, and to see you understand what you believe and why you believe it. Welcome to This We Confess. Westminster Confession of Faith, Chapter 6 Of the Fall of Man, of Sin, and of the Punishment Thereof Paragraphs 3 and 4 They being the root of all mankind, the guilt of this sin was imputed, and the same death in sin and corrupted nature conveyed to all their posterity, descending from them by ordinary generation. Paragraph 4 From this original corruption, whereby we are utterly indisposed, disabled, and made opposite to all good, and wholly inclined to all evil, do proceed all actual transgressions. At the time of this podcast, I am just a few weeks away from celebrating my 40th birthday. When I was born in the Ulster Hospital back in 1979, my mother says that I was a very good baby. I ate well, I slept well, and I played well. She used to say that she could leave me in one spot and return several hours later and find me sitting in the very same place. Now, before you write letters to the authorities complaining about my mother's treatment of me, I suspect she never put it to the test. I don't ever recall her leaving me in the one spot for several hours. But her point is this. She remembers me as a good child, as a baby who didn't cause her any difficulties. Whilst I would like to boast today about how good and how righteous I was, it is simply not the case. Perhaps I was a good eater, and perhaps I didn't move from the place that my mother put me. But, like the rest of humanity, I was born in sin, and dead in sin. I know often when we look in the face of a newborn baby, we like to imagine that they are born perfect and innocent, and spotless. But this is not the case, as we are told in the scriptures. In Psalm 51 and verse 5, David says, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. This is a startling truth which stands in direct contrast to the perceived wisdom of the world. We like to think children are born innocent. Perhaps they learn how to sin, Maybe they see it in their parents and repeat the mistakes that their parents have shown them. No, the scriptural truth is that we were sinful at birth and sinful even from the time of conception. Just as we believe life begins at the point of conception, so too we believe that sinful life begins at that stage as well. This is the original sinful state into which we are born. And why is this the case? Because the fall of sinful humanity 
has had terrible repercussions from that point to this very day. Every single child who has ever been born by ordinary generation, as the confession states, is born dead in sin. And there are only three people who were not born by ordinary generation. Adam and Eve were not born by ordinary generation, and nor was the Lord Jesus Christ. But every other person who has ever lived by the very simple fact that they are born human means that they are born in sin. Paragraph 3 of the Westminster Confession says that just as Adam and Eve are the root of all mankind, the guilt of their fall was imputed to the rest of sinful humanity. Imputation is a word that every Christian should know and understand. It means that something is credited to your account. So when we speak of Christ's righteousness being imputed to us, we mean that his righteousness is credited to us. And in the same way, just as we are off Adam by the fact that we are humans, the guilt of the fall was imputed to us. Paul says in Romans 5 and verse 12, By one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. And later in the same passage in verse 17, Paul says, By one man's offence, death reigned by one. And in verse 18, As by the offence of one judgment came upon all men to condemnation. And verse 19, By one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. And Paul repeats this truth later in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 21. Paul says, By man came death. And in verse 22, In Adam all die. With Adam and Eve being the root of all mankind means that the guilt of the fall, the guilt of their sin, was imputed to all of their descendants. And so everyone born by ordinary generation has that guilt imputed to them and the same death and sin and corrupted nature conveyed to them. We are born in the likeness of Adam. Genesis 5 and verse 3 tells us that Adam lived 130 years and he begat a son in his own likeness after his image and he called his name Seth. And so just as Adam had fallen in sin and was totally depraved, his son Seth was made in that image. In Job 14 and verse 4, the question is asked, Who can bring a clean thing out of an unclean? Not one. And in Job 15 and verse 14, What is man that he should be clean? And he which is born of a woman, that he should be righteous. The tragic reality is that every child born by ordinary generation is born sinful, is born with the guilt of that fall imputed to them, with the death and sin and corrupted nature conveyed to them. This is the original state that we are born into. With David, we can say, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. I think it is important to note here, as Chad Van Dixhorn does, that the act of procreation itself is not how fallenness and sin is communicated. It is the Lord himself who in Genesis 1 and verse 28 urges humanity to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it. 
So the act of procreation is ordained by God as a means to multiply and replenish the earth. So fallenness is not communicated by acts of procreation, as we quote Chad Van Dixhorn. But often the result of acts of procreation is that a little human being appears. And that little human being, who has descended from ordinary generation, is born sinful. Adam is the head of sinful humanity. And just as we are born as part of the human race, just as we are in Adam, then so too the guilt of his sin was imputed to us, and the same death in sin and corrupted nature was conveyed to us. This is our original sinful state. At this point, some might be tempted to say, well, this is just utterly unfair. Because Adam sinned, then why does it have anything to do with me? Well, confession outlines that not only are we dead in sin originally when we are born into this world, but we actually sin against God. We go forward, and because of our sinful nature, we we sin in all manner of ways. As paragraph 4 states, From this original corruption, we are utterly indisposed, disabled, and made opposite to all good. Most of us do not consider that this is a good summary of what we are as humans, but it is absolutely correct. Paul says in Romans 5 and verse 6 that we are without strength. And in chapter 8 verse 7, he tells us that the carnal mind is at war against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can be. Paul says as well in Romans 7 and verse 18, For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. And later in Colossians 1 and verse 21, he says, And you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, God has now reconciled. This is an utterly bleak picture of sinful humanity. Often today, in 2019, we like to think that everything is getting better. One of my great delights is to watch Star Trek, and it is very much of that mindset that humanity has had its troubles, but increasingly into the future we move to a higher state, a place where poverty is no more, a place where we join together and strive to bring peace and good human ideals across the universe. But the Bible gives us a bleak picture that we are indisposed, disabled, and made opposite to all good. And not only that, as paragraph 4 continues, it tells us that we are wholly inclined to all evil. And in this, not much has changed. In Genesis 6 and verse 5, God looks and sees that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of man's heart was only evil continually. In Genesis 8 and 21, the Lord says that the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. And in Romans 3 and verse 10, we are told somberly that there is none righteous, no, not one. There is none that understands. There is none that seeks after God. There is none that does good, no, not one. Because the original state of humanity is sin, where we are utterly indisposed, disabled, and made opposite to all good, and wholly inclined to evil, will we also live lives that are full of sin. 
That is what it means at the end of this paragraph where we read that, that from this sinful state proceeds all actual transgressions. And that is why today if you believe it is unfair that Adam's guilt has been imputed to you. Well, just as you were born in this original condition, you soon added to it by all actual transgressions. You have been sinning since the very beginning. So not only are we guilty originally, but we are guilty actually. James tells us in chapter 1 and verse 14 of his letter that every man is tempted when he is drawn away by his own lusts and enticed. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. This is a summary of what it is to be human. All actual transgressions proceed from our sinful, natural condition. And Paul in Ephesians 2 and verse 2 says that we used to walk according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now works in the children of disobedience, among whom we also walked in times past in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath. This is a title that can be applied to humanity, regardless of where you're from, regardless of the colour of your skin, regardless of the natural tongue with which you speak. You are born in sin, you are dead in sin, you are of Adam, and therefore you are a child of wrath. God's anger abides upon you. And so in these paragraphs, the confession is clear. The fall has had huge consequences all throughout human history. Indeed, no other human action in the pages of the history books has had such tragic consequences as that original rebellion. And because Adam is the federal head of all mankind, his guilt was imputed to us. And not only that, but his death and sin and his corrupt nature has been conveyed to all humanity born by ordinary generation. So we are sinful originally, and we are sinful actually. Because from this original corruption, we are absolutely at war with God. We are indisposed, disabled, and made opposite to all good, wholly inclined to all evil. And from this condition proceed all actual transgressions. It is an utterly bleak picture that these paragraphs paint. But as we close today's episode, we do so by thinking of the second Adam. His name is Jesus Christ, and today there is a choice before us. We can be found in Adam, in the condition that we have just outlined, or by faith, we can be found in Christ. We know that if we are in the second Adam, if we are in Christ, then our sins are no longer held against us. We know that if we are in the second Adam, if we are in Christ, then no longer are we children of wrath, but children of God. And as we have read already in this podcast, Romans chapter 5, so we read it again, only this time filling in the blanks. Verse 17 reminds us of both Adams. For if by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, 
just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man the many will be made righteous. The results of the fall are still clearly seen today. And as you go to visit your brand new nephew or niece, or if you rejoice over your little brand new son or daughter, these paragraphs remind us that every single one of us is born in sin, dead in sin, and live lives of sin. But through faith in Christ Jesus our Lord, the second Adam, our sins will be no longer held against us. Just as the guilt of Adam's sin was imputed to us, by faith in Christ, the righteousness of Christ will be imputed to us. Friends, we realise today that the condition of humanity is utterly wretched. But thanks be to God for the truth. For Jesus Christ our Lord died so that wretched sinners like us might be forgiven. This is nothing short of good news. In closing today, we've got six questions for you to talk about next time you're at McDonald's. Question one. What is the spiritual condition of everyone who has ever been born by ordinary generation? Question two. Three individuals in history were not born by ordinary generation. Who are they? Question three. What do we mean when we say the guilt of Adam's sin was imputed to us? Question 4. Chad Van Dixhorn rightly states that fallenness is not communicated by acts of procreation. Why is he correct in this assertion? Question 5. Humanity is constantly improving and inevitably moving to a brighter future. Do you agree or disagree? Prove your answer biblically. And question six. What do you understand by the statement that we are originally and actually sinners? Friends, as we close today, I would remind you of what we announced in our last episode, that the podcast is moving towards its 25th episode Uh, What we're going to do to celebrate 25 episodes of 1,791.3 episodes probably in total is to give away a copy of Chad Van Dixhorn's book and also his wife's study book as well to help you work through it. All you need to do is give us a little mention either on Facebook or Twitter. Tell the world, tell your buddies, tell your granny uh, that you are listening to the podcast, that it's worthwhile, that they can sign up to as well. Uh, We are Eden Grove Presbyterian on Facebook or Eden Grove PC on Twitter. Give us a shout. Let us know what you think of the podcast uh, and maybe perhaps you will get a little gift by episode 25. But listen, that's everything today. As always, my name is Scott Woodburn and until next time, this we confess. (music) 